are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off of your next order. The Flames leave us with a lot of questions after their weekend performances, and is Sutter setting an example or are players not responding? Plus, today we take a look at tonight's matchup against Ottawa. Before we jump into things, though, I do want to remind you all to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, make sure you are leaving a five-star rating and review on our podcast app on the iOS systems. But today... We have a lot to talk about. I was hoping that the Flames would not do this, but again, they they were playing the juggernauts of the North Division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I just, I have to say this, okay? There are no juggernauts in the North Division. (laughs) I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion that uh, everybody kind of sucks and that includes Toronto, but they just have, you know, somewhat better players. And um, probably an unpopular opinion, but I actually really like those St. Patrick's jerseys. But anyways, <laughs> um, Friday night, the Flames won. They had uh, a 4-3. They they won. I can't even, like, think right now. I'm so sorry. They are still doing construction it's either right outside of my door or in the apartment next door. And I'm just, I'm all over the place. But the Flames did fight off Toronto's attempted comeback on Friday with a 4-3 victory. I'm really not too worried about Friday. Is it concerning that Markstrom gave up three goals? Yes. Is it also concerning that he gave up seven goals like two days before? Very much so. Do I think it's the defense? Kind of. But at the same time, I do think that this is much larger than just the defense. Saturday night, I did not watch the game. I, (laughs) you know, I watched, actually, that's a lie. I watched about a period and a half, but it was more so on, uh, like, through Twitter. And what I gathered is that the Flames did not play well. They were outshot 33 to 31. Jack Campbell earned a shutout. And personally, I would like to see the Flames go back to the games of limiting their opponents to 18 shots. Even less than 30 would be nice. You know, I'm not going to nitpick here, but I would like to see them limiting <laughs> their opponents in that aspect. And Daryl Sutter kind of set an example, I think. He was deploying different power play units, and, you know, I think that he's letting players know, you know, everybody's replaceable, and if you're going to play like a joke, then I can treat this like a joke, too. He sent out Nesterov, who uh, 
I saw a GIF that Sportsnet tweeted of the Jason Spezza goal, and <laughs> Nesterov was literally just standing in front of the net, just just hanging out, just chilling. Like he was like he was waiting for somebody to pay like a cover charge to get into his bar. It was just so frustrating to watch. And the fact that he's in the lineup over Shillington makes me so angry. Not angry. I just I feel like it's setting the team up, and especially Oliver Shillington up for limited success. I don't want to say failure because that's that's not true. Uh, but just limited success and I do hope that the you know team kind of gets it together in that sense and you know what what's it going to take for Shillington to see more time I know that Sutter has had an issue with playing the younger guys before but as far as I'm aware Shillington is 24 years old he's not that young <laughs> he is young, but in like the hockey sense of the thing, he's the same age as Noah Hannafin. And, you know, we've seen Hannafin play at the NHL level for a long time to the point where he's a quote unquote veteran. But at what point do you start giving players like him a chance along with some of the other guys in the AHL? You know, obviously you don't want to see people getting injured to the point where you have to call them up, but it doesn't make sense to me for <laughs> Brett Ritchie to be on your second line when we're going to get more into this in the next segment, so I won't get too far ahead, but I am still scratching my head at Matthew Kachuk. I, <laughs> I don't know what is going on. I am perplexed. Do I think it's maybe an injury? potentially that's kind of what you have to lean on at this point because uh, the other factors are relatively the same and there hasn't been you know too much of a change with his line mates or anything where you're seeing such a significant drop off like you shouldn't see that and I really do hate speculating but it does seem like there could be an injury I don't think it's the concussion lingering from last season or anything like that but I'm really starting to wonder what's going on. Uh, Friday night, he played a season low of 13 minutes and 9 seconds. And that just, that seems very odd to me. Now, could this be, again, Sutter sending a message? But I don't think so because I'm pretty sure Kachuk had a goal in that game. So, like, what is going on here? But... Coming up next, we are going to talk about just some Johnny Gaudreau things and a little bit of the bigger picture in Calgary. I think that it's time that, you know, we kind of take a step back from episodes revolving around just strictly game recaps. And we start focusing on, you know, individual players and certain things that are changing. But that'll be next. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Welcome, everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic Monday. Right now, as I'm recording, it is about 10 past 11, and you guys are probably, like, just waking up. <laughs> but I wanted to take a peek at something because I had seen some 
Johnny Gaudreau tweets about him. Uh, nothing, obviously nothing he had tweeted, but people saying things like, something isn't right, like he's only had one goal since Sutter stepped in, and is he just not responding to him, or is this an issue of him having Brett Ritchie on his line and having to carry not just Monaghan now, but also Brett Ritchie, who has a career high of 27 points? Uh, I don't necessarily think that... (laughs) This, is, this isn't me digging at Johnny Gaudreau, okay? If you, we have talked about this, and I believe we talked about it on Friday, where if players are pl- set up to play on a line with players who are not up to their caliber, they are not going to live up to that standard. You know, if you have Johnny Gaudreau on a line with, you know, David Krejci, and I, I don't know, a random right winger, um... David Posternock, you know, that, that line's probably going to do really well. But if you have uh, Gaudreau on a line with Sean Monaghan, who he has had to carry around, but they work well together, and Brett Ritchie on that line, I think that Gaudreau is going to have to do some overcompensating, and it's not necessarily going to work out. Has Brett Ritchie looked good on that line? At times, yes. <laughs> do I think that they're are solid options out there that are not Brett Ritchie. Yes, of course. Andrew Mangiapane should be playing on top six. He should be elevating himself to a top six role. We have seen that. He has gone on tears. Um, You know, last season he had, I think it was like five goals in five games, like right before the pause. He started out slow this season, but when he was on that second line, he was doing phenomenal. And I think we need to bully Daryl Sutter into getting Mangiapane back on that line. <laughs> I really don't think that Brett Ritchie needs to be in the top six or top nine. I do think that he should be more of a taxi squad player kind of like we're seeing with Zach Ronaldo where he has only played one game and I think he had like a four minute game like that's all it was and I'm not the biggest fan of deploying Brett Ritchie out there every single night and having him rotate in with players like um you know Kachuk uh, Lindholm and Dubay I don't think that that is the right thing to do. I don't think it's, I just, I don't think that this is the solution. And if you want to make the playoffs, this certainly is not it. Brett Ritchie has, like I said, a career high point of 27, 27 points. And he has proven himself time and time again, that he is not an NHL player. And I'm, you know, he's a grinder. I I think You know, if anything on the team, I think he is a grinder, and I would put him on a line with Lucic or something like that because that is the kind of player that he is. And we saw him get into a fight last week about uh, with Edmonton, and I'm just I'm not I'm not sold on this. I think that the Brett Ritchie experiment needs to come to an end, and. When you have 
players like Johnny Gaudreau playing a season low of 14 minutes and 38 seconds, you need to take a look at why. Because I don't think that it has anything to do with Johnny himself. He, uh, Gaudreau has a season high of 27 minutes, which was... Um, oh, sorry. I am looking at something completely different. I lied. He had a season high sh- uh, shift of 27 back in February. And on Friday, he had 19 shifts, and his season low is 18. So I think it's time that we stop looking at that line as a whole and start looking at looking at it as individuals because we know who the best player on that line is and who the best player on the line can be. Why are we not setting him up for success? Why not bump Brett Ritchie down, take him out of the equation, and put Mangiapane there. I don't understand why that's not happening. And, you know, I've kind of bullied Lucic on here before, but that for different reasons. But I do necessarily believe that Brett Ritchie needs to come out of the lineup or at least be demoted out of a top six, top nine spot. He is not fit on this roster for that spot. He is not an NHL caliber top six player. I'm sorry. They tried to play him with David Krejci last year, and that was a disaster in Boston. You know, there was a reason why the Bruins waved him and put him down in Providence and then didn't re-sign him as a free agent. Okay, Brett Ritchie did come out looking great, you know, he set an example and set a precedent and kind of, you know, did the thing where an impression, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, he made a great impression, and unfortunately, he could not sustain that. He could not sustain skating up to speed with the players. He could not maintain the goals. He could not, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, that's just the situation. And I think that Everything needs a little bit of a revamp. We talk about consistency on the show a lot and how I think the players need it. But I do think Sutter needs to make a change or two. I think that he needs to examine things. And I know that he's big into his his numbers and equations. So, you know, let's remove the variable of Brett Ritchie and see what we can do. And with the trade deadline approaching is now the time to shake things up. You know, are the Flames going to make a trade when their players' values aren't exactly the highest? There's potential, you know, with with star players like Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan. You know, you look at those names, and they're the ones that are brought up every single year for a reason. But we can't get too ahead of ourselves, and I'm so sorry for ranting for, like, eight minutes about Brett Ritchie and things that need to change on this team. But I do believe that there is just something missing or there's a little bit too much of something and that too much of something is Brett Ritchie. But anyways, coming up next, we are going to talk about the upcoming match against the Ottawa Senators tonight. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves again we're going to talk about built bar you guys know that built bar is one of 
the best protein bars out there. I absolutely love how sweet they are, but they're not too sweet. And they fill me up in their covered in 100% chocolate and they taste like a candy bar. Now you can head on over to builtbar.com and fill out their bracket and vote for each matchup of the day and see which flavor ranks supreme. And you can also check out some orders while you're there and use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off of your order. BetOnline AG has all the things you need and for online voting and all in one place. You can absolutely bet on some March Madness, some baseball, some NBA, some NHL. While you're there, check it all out. And you can receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked On with your first deposit. Sign up for your free account today, and after your first deposit, put in promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Hey guys, it's Jess here, just popping in, and I am just throwing in a friendly reminder to make sure that you are subscribed to this show on every single podcast application that you use so you never miss a show. Tonight, the Flames face off against the Ottawa Senators at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So that's 7 p.m. my time. And when I was looking at that, I was like, do they like sit down and eat dinner? Is that too early? to eat dinner because I don't know I I work until puck drop so I'm like oh I'm like I'm gonna have dinner and watch the game but are my friends over in Alberta also gonna be eating dinner with me like it's just weird things like that I don't know I that's just so early so early for a game especially during the week like on a weekend sure I get it um so the flames are two two and one against the senators this season I think it's fair to go into this game with low expectations considering how badly they've been dumped on by the Senators before. I don't necessarily think that we have to go into this with a heck yeah, like we're going to eat them alive sort of thing. No, I don't think that it's, you know, reasonable to go in with that expectation. I think it's uh, getting a little too far ahead of ourselves there, but... There's really nothing to report on at the moment because, like I said, it is still only 11 o'clock Eastern time, and this is the only time I have to record today. So I had to get it up before practice and everything, morning skate and things like that, but I would assume it's Markstrom and Net tonight. The one thing that I also wanted to note is that the the Flames' goals against per game, so like that Ottawa is scoring on them, is 43 and their goals for, so obviously the goals the Flames are scoring, are 3.6. Um, you know, obviously in any situation, you want to be the first ones, you know, the higher ones, <laughs> with that higher uh, goals for than goals against. But I'm just going to sit here and say it's a fluke. And the Flames just, they need to play better. That is the nature of this game. And unfortunately, that is what we have been talking about for this entire year of me covering this team is the Flames need to be better. But, you know, we are wrapping up today's show with a go Flames go sort of vibe. So I will check in with you all tomorrow and we'll talk about the game and I'll have more details on this week's locker room appearance that I would love for you all to join me for. 
and I will catch you all next time. Bye-bye.